What is the mission of the church? Time has passed, and we have another opportunity to consider some thoughts from the Word of God. These efforts are supported by the Church of Christ that meets in the community of Ben, Arkansas. The building of the church is located on Highway 5, about halfway between Mountain View and Heber Springs. Service times and more can be found at benchurchofchrist.org. So what is the focus or mission that God has established for the institution of the church? As we get into our study, let's remind ourselves of a few points that we've considered in the recent past. Man has thoughts and plans, and they don't always align with God's thoughts and plans. Consider Naaman the leper. Naaman was displeased with his treatment plan versus the plan that was given to Noah. Naaman had figured out how this plan would all take place. We read in 2 Kings chapter 5, and he was furious and went away and said, Behold, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leprosy. Are not Arbana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went away in a wrath. And when considering this relatively small task to get his reward versus the task, for instance, that was placed on Noah in building of the ark, we read concerning Noah, thus did Noah, Genesis chapter 6, thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Or recall God feeding his people manna for 40 years in the wilderness? God gave some guidelines on collecting the manna, telling Moses in Exodus chapter 16, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my law. And in relation to this concept of manna, after years of their complaining of God taking care of them, God sent serpents among them, biting them, killing them, but also giving grace in the form of a brazen serpent on a pole that would save them if they would simply gaze upon it. Numbers 21 and 9, Moses made a bronze serpent, set it on a standard, and it happened that if the serpent bit any man when he looked upon the bronze serpent, he lived. God's grace surrounds man. God has provided for man when man could do nothing else. God has asked of man throughout time, sometimes very specific things, and sometimes just to see if they would listen and heed his word. And the results were the same. Blessings from God on obedience and the opposite for those that disobeyed. As we get into the words, similar words that as discussed recently as was given to Saul after being struck blind, after he was told to go into the city and inquire, the words of God when it comes to the purpose of the institute established to carry out a very specific mission in the church. As we have defined, an institute is an organization that has been established with a specific purpose or reason for existence. We've looked at the institute of the government to punish the evildoers and reward the good. We've looked at the home, fill the need of companionship as outlined in the book of Genesis. Not good for man to be alone. A help meet was created. An opposite, a counterpart. And these two come together as one and inside this relationship come family children and the responsibilities to raise these train them to discipline them and the responsibility to provide for their own even providing for 
the extended family. As we start our church study on the church and remind ourselves that what God has established for these two institutions we've already looked at, can we not see where we are today in regard to the challenges that we face from, how do we say, the failure of these two institutions of not upholding what God set forth? Can we not see that if we had maintained the key points of these two institutes, how different things would be today? That if families cared for family, we would have no need for many of the social programs that we have today. If families would provide for their own, we would not have the concern of having homeless homeless children that we have today, or hungry children. Let's consider some Old Testament passages in Joshua chapter 22. Only keep yourselves very carefully to do the commandments and the law which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, commanded you to love Yahweh your God and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and cling to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And you are reminded, as well as am I, the answer that Christ gave, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. And the second is like this, love thy neighbor as thyself. The psalmist wrote in chapter 1, starting in verse 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor seat in the seat of coffers, scoffers. But his delight is the law of of Yahweh, And in his law, he meditates day and night, and he would be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of the water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its lease does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff with the wind drive, driven away. Therefore, the wicked will not rise in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. In Micah. He has told you, chapter 6, verse number 8, O man, what is good, and what does Yahweh require of you but to do justice, to love, loving kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? One final verse before moving on, back to God's dealing with the children of Israel in the old law, Deuteronomy chapter 5. In all the way which Yahweh your God has commanded you, you shall walk that you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you will possess. We go to the New Testament, read from Paul referencing the past, but also looking at the present and into the future in his letter to the Romans, chapter 15. For whatever was written in earlier times, verse 4, was written for our instruction, so that through the perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, may the God of perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I exhort you, brothers, verse 10, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but you may be complete in the same mind and the same judgment. In chapter 12, verse 25 of the same book, that there be no divisions in the body. Is it not possible to agree? Is God not powerful enough or wise enough to give us a plan that man can understand and follow? Did God give such a plan for the institution of the church? He did. There are more details about the church as the institution established uh, 
very similar, say, to the ark, but there are more details to the church that it is not something that is non-living, that has specific measurements and characteristics like the ark, but it is made up of people. Before we move on, I want to take just a second and inject a phrase used by a friend of mine that we recently lost. At the end of any prayer I heard him lead, he would say, it is our desire, Father, to do all things according to your will. Friends, that's it, isn't it? Shouldn't this not be the first and foremost in our thoughts any time we consider making decisions or serving our God? I wholeheartedly agree with that phrase, and you likely will be hearing it more. When we consider church, we often think of a building. We go to church, which typically means going to an address that has a building and a sign out front noting that it's a church. It is important that we understand that this is not the church. It is a building. When we look at the biblical use of the word, what is the meaning? We go to a statement made by Christ in Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do men say the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, but others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or his death. The gates of Hades will not overpower or prevent it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That word is ecclesia, not a word we use in our English language, but from Thayer's Greek lexicon, we get the following. Listen for a single word repeated, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place an assembly, an assembly of people convened at the public place of the council for the purpose of deliberating the assembly of the Israelites, any gathering or throng of men assembled by chance. In a Christian sense, it is an assembly of Christians gathered together for worship in a religious meeting. A company of Christians or those hoping for eternal salvation through Christ Jesus observe their own religious rites, hold their own religious meetings, and manage their own affairs according to the regulations prescribed for the body for the order's sake. We see that word assembly appear many times. It's the people. Hebrews 10 and 25 uses it as a verb, the assembling of yourselves together. So reflecting back to the old law, God promised Abraham that there would be a people that comes from his seed, Isaac. Those people are referred to as Israel, God's people. In the New Testament, even today, this shadow is referenced. Listen to the words that go back to these people. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen family, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. We've talked about the family, God's family, how the terms of father are used. And we, as his children, we are adopted joint heirs with his only begotten son to share in the eternal promises that upon our conversion from being alienated outside that family, through the contact with the sacrifice, the blood, in obedience through baptism, we then have access not just to God, our creator, but to God, our father. 
and the family of God, those called out of darkness into his light, are the assembly, the church, those called out. So church is not somewhere you go. It's something you are. And being a follower, a Christian, we come together with others, others that have accepted the change in course, others that have agreed to sacrifice self and take up their challenges and take up their cross and follow, others that have willingly accepted to love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might, others that have accepted to treat others as self, others that have a desire nothing more than to serve their God as their Lord, as their King, as their Master, and to do His will above and beyond all others. Others that have the same desire as Noah, doing all that God has said, but not as Saul, doing all as long as it doesn't interfere with their thinking, or Naaman, who had a better idea, but that of Abraham, who, though challenged at time, was willing to sacrifice his son, whom was given to be by God to be the seed in which all nations would be blessed. When we come together with the same mind, the same thoughts, the same plan, the same word, the faith that is willing to submit to anything and everything to our King and our God, regardless of who we are, our background, our culture, our family, our experiences, our strengths, our weaknesses, when we come together as the called out the church with a single purpose. We can accomplish what no other institution on the face of the earth can do, which we will focus on. Seek and save the lost. Build up the believers. Worship our God and take care of the needy, the mission of the church. When people come together with meekness, none of self, all of the divisions do not exist. The church serves and fulfills its purpose and gives man all that he needs pertaining to life and godliness in this present world. We'll continue next time going into these four areas as we are missionaries in the church of our Lord. It is our sincere desire to do the will of the Lord in all things. Until next time, we bid you a very blessed day.